I think it's such a beautiful way to look at routine because I think sometimes we can look at the concept of a routine and think of rigidity. It feels a bit structured and really creativity isn't something that comes to mind. But I truly and wholeheartedly feel into this concept that if you structure your time, you can utilize that time and be way more efficient because your brain capacity is not wasted, let's say, on planning your day, on remembering what you have to do. So all these little tips and tricks are really an attempt to just free up space in your mind so that when you sit down to do things, you're fully present and there and you can maximize your time and be super efficient. Welcome to The Balance Theory, a podcast aimed at arming you with tools and tips so that you are well-equipped to not only identify and define, but own your own definition of balance. I'm your host, Erica, and thank you for joining me today. Hey, balancers, and welcome back to another episode of the Balance Theory podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, you have stumbled across the first episode of the month, which we call a Monday Muse, which is basically where I do a solo episode and just take you through a concept or a thought or something that's in my mind that I want to share with you all to add to our collective balance. But before we dive in, I feel like I need to give a little life update. It's been a very, very busy month. For those of you keeping up with episodes, you'll know I started a new job about a month ago. So I transitioned from being a private practice lawyer. So I've moved in-house, which has been a really, really nice transition. A little bit strange having to like resign and stop working and starting in a new place all remotely. So I've like been at my house the whole time, but the transition was really smooth and in and amongst that as well with ES Fit, we've been really busy. So for those of you that don't know as well, that is my side business, my e-commerce business that I run with my best friend. We have just partnered and launched on the Iconic, which is very, very exciting, but that's been keeping me super busy as well. So I'm actually recording this only a few days before you'll be listening to it, but it's actually very late at night and I normally have a rule. I don't really do any work past like six, seven o'clock at night because my brain just doesn't function, but I feel like I've just been very switched on this week. So I'm just capitalizing on that momentum. And anyway, here we are recording an episode. So if it's particularly good or particularly worse, let me know and I might have to utilize my 9 p.m. night slots a little bit more. But that aside, this week I wanted to focus on something that I've actually read in a book that I'm reading at the moment. Now I usually wait until I've finished the whole book before I kind of dissect it and pull apart if there's any sort of little morsels of inspiration. But this one really, really stood out to me and I felt so compelled and sort of was thinking about it so much that I thought I was going to make today's episode all about it. So The book I'm reading is Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty, and I absolutely adore his podcast on purpose. So if you're looking for a new book or another podcast to listen to, I would strongly recommend both of those. It's kind of got a similar flavor, like he he interviews like a lot of different guests um, and it's quite broad. It's nothing too specific, but just really, really great conversations, down to earth, relatable, all all of the above. So based off that, I ordered his book. Wait, no, I didn't. I got it gifted to me by a friend, which was really coincidental because I love his podcast. So one of the chapters, which is sort of like halfway through, had something really, really interesting in it. And as I said, sort of has inspired this episode. So I'm just going to dive straight in and I'll tell you what it's about as we go. So essentially, let's just have a think about, right, how much of our time is controlled by our obligations, our family, our friends, our job, etc.? Basically, your free time is one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself. Some of us or like some of you might even define your balance based off how much of that free time you've actually got. Is that you? Do you sort of benchmark what your balance is or how balanced you are based off how much free time you have? Well, 
I sort of was in this category, am in this category, but I I read this really cool quote that really got me thinking about this whole concept. So in the book, he likes to quote a lot of the guests he's had on his podcast. And this particular quote came from a conversation he had with Kobe Bryant. And it reads, a lot of the time creativity comes from structure. When you have those parameters and structures, that's where you can be creative. If you don't have that structure, you're just aimlessly doing stuff. So let's just dissect that a little bit. The concept that creativity comes from structure. Does that feel a little bit weird to you? Do you feel like structure has such a rigid connotation to it? It's almost like creativity doesn't fit in and amongst that. That's sort of what I thought when I first read it and had to kind of go over it a couple of times, but let's just break it down because it's really interesting, the whole concept. So when we have a routine or let's say rules in our life, you're reducing the cognitive burden of thinking. So you don't have to think about where you got to be, what you got to do. It's all on a routine, right? That essentially is freeing up a little bit of bandwidth in your mind for creativity and thinking about other things. So let's loop back to the concept of wanting more free time or defining our balance of how much free time we've got. If we have those rules and that routine in place, then technically we have more bandwidth to do what we want within that time. You with me? So here's my little personal anecdote. In an interview with a recruiter when I was looking for work, he had a quick look over my LinkedIn bio and he legitimately asked me, because I've got on there, I'm running ES Fit, I've got the podcast and my current role. And he said to me, how do you do all of that and work as a full-time lawyer? And my honest answer to him was, if I wasn't doing all three, I wouldn't be doing any one of them effectively. I feel like they each complement one another. And in saying that, I'm not promoting multitasking at all. And we'll go into multitasking a little bit at the end. But when I'm doing my podcast, I'm there, I'm doing my podcast. When I'm working on the business, it's just that. And when I'm working in my law job, I'm fully there. And then I was thinking about the Kobe Bryant quote, the concept that creativity comes from structure. And it really is so true. At the moment, if I didn't have a legal career, My business and this podcast is really not enough work to keep me occupied on a full-time basis. So if I didn't have my nine to five, I'd probably just be wandering aimlessly between tasks and to be honest, not really doing any of them properly. But because I'm intentionally allocating time blocks for these certain things, like I literally have to, if not, I, I just run out of time to do things, then I can be free within those time blocks because I have those structures inbuilt. So for example, I like to make specific time for my fitness, downtime, time with loved ones, work, business, podcast. It's all separate, but it all has a specific time. And so by fixing in that structure, I'm taking the pressure off myself to sort of jam everything into my day. And then when I'm within that time block, I can just sort of be free to get lost in the moment and sort of just do the thing that I'm doing in that moment. We're going to dive into it a little bit more, but stick with me here. One thing I actually just wanted to call out, which I'll probably go into a little bit more as we go, but just at this point is my hot tip. And that is time block your day. So if you're the kind of person who finds like you're, you have so much stuff to do, then you just end up on social media aimlessly scrolling, then time blocking is going to make such a difference in your life. It's essentially where you just plan out literally your whole day, start to finish in time blocks. And that means even time blocking in the stuff that it's like switch off. So you could even, you know, time block in a social media scroll or a walk or, you know, having a shower, just little things that you actually enjoy. It doesn't have to just be your urgent tasks. But in and amongst this conversation, I've read in a lot of places and I'm not going to do any fancy quotes or research paper references here, but basically like the concept of if you give someone four hours to do a one hour task, they'll take four hours. 
And so with time blocking, because you're limiting that time, you're reducing that time, you'll find you get, you actually get stuff done within that time period. That makes sense. So I was thinking about all this stuff in the context of, you know, structure and promoting creativity. And I was trying to think about like, what does this all actually mean? Does it mean that parameters and routine are the key in driving efficiency? Well, if you think about it, if you're efficient with your time, you can do more with the time that you've got left over, or you can actually achieve more within that time. Kind of like the concept of if you reduce the time block to one hour instead of four hours, you'll get it done within one. And so the, the bottom line message here, I guess, is routine frees the mind because it simply creates space where we don't need to think about the time in which we need to do things. You can just do it within that time frame. But I have a few caveats. The first thing I want to talk about is downtime. So anyone that listens to my episode with Rachel Finch, which was last week's drop, will know this point already. But I'm going to bring it into the discussion of everything right now. So she raised the point of scheduling in the things you would like to do like you would any other appointment. But I'm going to use this analogy for anything and everything. If you feel like you're the kind of person who's constantly running out of time or you don't have time, then you absolutely need to try this. For one week, just schedule your whole day. I mean, literally everything. It's sort of the same thing as time blocking. But if you want to use the analogy of like as though you were booking in appointments or meetings, if that works better for you mentally, then go with that. But I'm not joking when I say everything like your shower, your work blocks, your walk to get a coffee, grocery shopping, even like your social media scroll time, allocate for it, allow for it. And I can guarantee you, you'll find you actually have the time to do things. And you might even feel the creativity that comes from that structure because you're not just aimlessly wandering or just trying to fill time or, you know, just avoiding urgent tasks that you haven't really drilled yourself down to do. You're intentionally blocking out time for specific things. And in turn, that will give you more freedom within that time block because you're not thinking about all the other things you've got to do. You know, you've already allocated and allowed for it. You can just sort of get lost in that one hour that you've allowed for that task. Now, downtime is absolutely necessary. You cannot do all the things and not give your body and mind. Yes, both break. Rest from work-related thinking, other people, chores, technology, whatever you need a break from, you need to schedule that in. And you've probably heard me say this before, but having that me time once a day, it doesn't have to be an hour-long meditation or a two-hour-long walk. It could simply be when you drink your coffee, you just take a moment and really, really enjoy your coffee. That is your you time, especially if you're a parent or you're someone with heaps of responsibilities. I know sometimes it feels really unrealistic to carve out like a lot of me time or just some self-care or, you know, things that you feel like don't really align with your schedule. So find a moment. A moment can be fleeting. It can be something as simple as the moment you wake up, you take in five deep breaths and think about someone that means the world to you. You know, it doesn't have, you don't have to overcomplicate these sort of things. It's just having that moment for yourself. And if you need to schedule it in because it's going to be in the middle of the day and you know, you might get lost in other stuff, then do that. One thing I wanted to add in here is sort of a suggestion to help you with time blocking. Cause I know it can feel a little bit artificial, a little bit disingenuous when you're trying it out. But I think it's useful to consider two things here. The first thing is your non-negotiables. And the second thing is your boundaries. And again, like I harp on about heaps, if you're defining your balance or talking about goals, for example, you really need to have these baseline things down pat and know what they mean to you before you can even go about defining how to protect them. 
Do you know what I mean? So if we're looking at non-negotiables and boundaries, these really help form the structure or the routine around your time blocking. So let's do it together. I'm going to give you an example so you don't get lost in sort of what I'm saying and you, and I can hopefully serve as a little bit of a guide for you too. So let's start with a non-negotiable and let's try and pick a non-negotiable downtime. And when I say downtime, maybe it's just like that moment for yourself. Me personally, mine is to meditate every day for 10 minutes. And what I've learned with my own current schedule right now is if I don't do this before I start work, the day just gets away from me and I always miss out on that window. You know, it's sort of hit and miss if I'm going to fit it in the rest of the day. So I've made it a habit to do it. The second I come home from my walk or my workout in the morning before I have a shower and start my day. So this is time blocked in. It's my non-negotiable. When I walk in through the door, I sit down and I meditate. Soon enough, it becomes a habit, obviously, once you do things over and over again. So that's sort of one example. So a non-negotiable for me is to meditate. And then that's how I've utilized that to curate, I guess, my morning time blocks. Another thing you can look at is boundaries. So I have set up boundaries or I'm trying to make them a little bit malleable at the moment. I'm trying to be strict with my social media boundaries. But one I've recently started doing a lot better is I don't go on my phone in the morning until I've done my workout, meditated, showered and had my breakfast. Then if I have time between having my breakfast and starting work, that's my social media window. If not, I then kind of try and put in like a five to 10 minute break within my first two hours of work just to touch base because I use it a lot for business and to promote the podcast and stuff like that. If you're not following us, check us out at The Balance Theory on Instagram. Um, I need to constantly sort of be checking in, but it's also something I enjoy, you know, a little bit of escapism, check in and see what everyone else is doing. I really do enjoy it. So with time blocking, having your boundaries can actually help you set up how you use things as rewards. So often like people think, oh, if you spend a lot of time on social media, that's a quote negative thing. But I kind of see it as an enjoyable pastime slash work as long as I'm really controlled and measured with it. So I use it as a reward. If I've, you know, done a power hour of work, I just step away from my emails and, you know, just do like a five, 10 minute scroll, but you have to make sure it's time blocked. If not, as you would know, you probably get lost in the scroll of TikTok or checking out some new trends or whatever the case may be. We've all been there. So the takeaway there is if you're struggling to time block, you feel like it's a little bit weird or you just don't even know what you would time block in, where, how, you know, all those things, I would look at what your non-negotiables are and maybe some boundaries you have for yourself or want for yourself and maybe work backwards from there and then try and, you know, decide what your time blocks would look like based off that. So this brings me on to my next point and Jay Shetty put it really nicely in the book, so I'm not even going to butcher it. He simply said, routine frees the mind, which we've just spoken about. But the biggest threat to that freedom is monotony. So he sort of describes it as we don't have a retention problem. We have an attention problem. The way I kind of understand this is that by looking for something new, we're reminding our brain to pay attention and rewiring it to recognize that there's something to learn in everything. So why is this important? You might be thinking, well, now more than ever, especially if you're in one of the major cities that are in lockdown, you might not have a routine at all. You might have a completely new routine or you might just be bored to death with the one you have. In any situation, we have to acknowledge that whilst a routine can offer freedom because obviously it provides that structure and then within that time, you know, you have that creative bandwidth. If we aren't careful, 
we can fall into a trap of total boredom or monotony. If you have looked at like the last few weeks of lockdown and honestly can't distinguish between the days that I'm especially talking to you, you might be here, have a routine, but feel like you don't really have much time or you might just feel so bored. Like the days are just super long and you're just filling them with stuff. So a really, really simple thing you can do is try and notice one new thing every day. And just a reminder here that seeing something is not the same as noticing something. It could be how something looks, feels, sounds, tastes, really, you know, activate those five senses. If you take the same walk every single day to your coffee shop, why not walk around the block the other way? Or if you take the same walk, try and notice, you know, what plants are potted along the side and see if there's any you really like or count how many people you cross. You know, that they might be boring examples. I'm just sort of thinking off the top of my head. But the smaller things can break monotony. And monotony will actually crumble and crush the creativity that the routine is trying to create. So it's this careful balance between having a routine that gives you that creative bandwidth, but also not falling into a trap where you're just bored and everything's very monotonous. And in saying this, like to break the monotony, you don't have to throw out your whole routine and change everything. Because I can tell you now, no one's going to mess with my train, meditate, shower, eat schedule. But for example, just to give you guys some ideas, when I meditate, I try and sit in different spots around my house, sometimes outside if the weather's really beautiful. Or I make a different breakfast every morning, or I opt to do a really long walk instead of, you know, go and lift some weights. So just have a think like within your current routine, what can you mix it up just to bring a little bit of spice, a little bit of salsa back into your routine and really avoid the chains of monotony because you just don't want it to get to a point where your routine just feels dull because that's obviously so counterintuitive to the point of creating that mental bandwidth within those time blocks. I guarantee you it will add the biggest spring in your step and that nice flavor to your balance that will be warmly welcomed. Trust me, just try and change the smallest thing. It's almost like that small thing will define that day for you. As I said before, I was going to come back to the point about multitasking. So I really wanted to take this Monday Muse to reiterate an important concept that I myself have been trying to put into practice lately, and that is the idea of single tasking. It's honestly not my favorite thing, and I'm not the best at it, but I do think it is necessary. So to be fully present in what you're doing, is the world of difference when it comes to being efficient. Like how many times have you sort of been in the middle of a work task and just checked your phone like every five minutes? You're just like constantly breaking that concentration. That really is not very efficient when you think about it. So back to the question of when the recruiter asked me, how do I do it all? Well, when I'm working, I'm working. Like I said to you guys before, I have a time block for one hour straight, sometimes 45 minutes. I feel like 45 minutes is a really nice sweet spot, but then I give myself a five minute break to do all the things my brain was thinking about in the background, like checking my phone, like replying to that email, because let's face it, like while you're doing these things, sometimes the brain just ticks. Yeah. But if you know, you have that five minute block coming up and regularly. So like, I like doing literally 45 minute block, five to 10 minute break, 45 minute block, five to 10 minute break. Like I just operate so much better because all these side things that are building up in my head that I want to check, that I get temptations, go on TikTok and Instagram, all these things, I can park them because I know I've got that allocated time coming up. But I'm not also going to multitask and half do this job and then half scroll through Instagram because I'm not doing either of them fully. I'm just giving both of them 50-50%. So if you're someone who also struggles to like concentrate or you feel like you're constantly like juggling or task switching because you really don't multitask, you task switch, 
then I think time blocking will work really well for you as well. But again, have something that you can reward yourself with. That way you really push through that hour to focus, whether it's, I remember like when I was doing HSC and, you know, back when you're 17, 18, you can eat whatever it want and it doesn't impact your body. So I used to love having like those chocolate coated M&Ms. And so I would have a little box next to me and I would, every time I wrote a page, I'd let myself have one. So, you know, just like small little bits of motivation or rewards that help you go. Or like I knew I'd have a lot of 18ths on that weekend. So I would just study all day and then reward myself by going out. So just find like a little reward system for yourself too. If you feel like that that would work well for you and help you stick to your time block. Um, but yeah, multitasking is not really a vibe when it comes to efficiency. And remember, you can still do 500 things in one day as long as you do one at a time. So takeaway there is there's no such thing as multitasking. There's only task switching. And I don't know about you, but my brain really needs to get in the zone. So I really try and avoid hopping around too much, which is why I really love the whole time block concept. Last thing I want to chat about before we do a little bit of an activity together is the concept of flexibility, which is not a new one. I talk about it almost every single episode, but let's face it. It's all well and good to have a routine, but often there are spanners in the works of life, the ebbs and flows, something urgent comes up with work, a personal emergency arises, or maybe you're just bloody not feeling it. Like for me, close to that time of month can be just such a lull. My energy is lower. I can't be bothered. I just want to lie down with a hot water bottle and just chill out. We have to afford ourselves flexibility. We cannot be 100% all the time because we're just not robots. As humans, we're meant to grow, change, and learn, which means that no two days are the same. So this idea of a routine is a baseline, but it's not a perfect formula because as I just said, and as you would know, there are no two days that are the same. So it's there for you to embrace where you need the guidance. On the flip, some days you're just on and motivated and you get so much done and others you're just not. That doesn't make you lazy or quote bad at this routine thing. It makes you a human. It happens to me regularly. You need to notice. And I think literally this is the key. You need to notice when you're in those periods, take things off your plate and spend that time re-energizing your body and soul. Only you know what that you know looks like to you. For me, it's less technology, more baths, probably a Disney movie and reading a good book. Anything really that takes me out of what I usually have on my plate. And to be honest, I fully embrace those days when they come. I literally see it as like a personal sick day because I'm not giving the same output, let's say, to all my personal things on the side. I'm doing still the bare minimum to just get through the day, but I just give myself that time. So next time you feel that way, are you going to take just like a personal sick day, i.e. still do what you got to do, but don't overdo it? Or are you going to continue to add stuff on your plate which is probably just going to make you feel guilty for not, you know, hitting those high levels. I would strongly recommend really leaning into this concept and filling that day with more stuff that fuels your soul rather than more stuff that's going to make you feel worse about not getting that stuff done. Just notice when you're in those lulls, take them as a day off or a day of like half effort and know that you'll have days where you're at 150% effort. And so it all balances out. You've just got to recognize when they're there and be flexible enough with your routine to work with those ebbs and flows of life. So they're my thoughts, I suppose, on time blocking, um, you know, using routine as, as a baseline or an, an opener for creativity and how we can avoid burning that out with monotony. But I want to end on something practical, which of course, you know, I love doing. And that is what can we actually do to take stuff off our mental to-do list? So I think this is a really nice point to stop and have a think about what mentally weighs us down the most. 
Your answer is probably completely different to mine, but let's just stop and think about it. So have a think about something you maybe regularly stress, panic, worry, or just spend too much time thinking about. So mine for sure, and right now, especially because we've been in lockdown for so long, is what I'm going to make for dinner. Like I literally every day have the same dilemma. Like I feel like I have to just make something new and delicious and I love food, but sometimes like when it's too much effort, it becomes this resentment thing. Anyway, it started to really weigh me down to a point where like I'd think about it literally first thing in the morning. Like I'd say good morning to Ange and I'd be like, what do you want for dinner? And he'd be like, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm having for lunch. I was literally treating it like I was cooking for 65 people every single night, three course dinner. Like it was just too much. It was, you know, it's just, it was something trivial, but it was weighing me down because it was just something extra I had to think about. So that's kind of what you're looking for. Just that something extra you have to think about on your mental to-do list. And if it wasn't there, you'd probably have a lot more bandwidth because I think sometimes we can have our routine and, you know, really try and lean into that creativity. But if we have these annoying things in our head, it can really dampen those efforts. So what did I do? Anja and I sat down and we just wrote a menu of all the things that we love eating that I can cook. And so now it's as simple for me as opening up that notes and just seeing what I feel like on my list. I don't have to, you know, think about a recipe or think about what I've cooked before. It's just there in front of me. It's like a menu. I just pick it and I already know how to make it. And I actually worked out I have a lot more recipes than I thought I did. Wondering why none of them came to me in the moments where I was like, what do I cook? I feel like I know two things. But the point is, if there's something that's on your mental to-do list that weighs you down, is there a way you can automate it or take it off your mental to-do list? Maybe you're the kind of person that never like pre-plans a workout and you always just think about it on the spot or you never like plan the next book you're going to read. And then by the time you finished, you just, you know, panicking about the next one, whatever it is. I don't know. I'm just thinking about random things. Like, can you make lists? Can you maybe, I don't know, outsource or implement a service to do it? So if you've got the ability to utilize a service like my muscle chef for meals, then that obviously is one step further than my collaborative self menu. You know, you get the point. So next time something's weighing you down mentally, have a think about if there's a way you can take it off your mental to-do list. Another big one for me is actually writing lists. So at the start of every week on a Sunday, I sit down and I write down all the priorities that I've got for that week. Because literally sometimes you have just, just the smallest little tasks like I put everything on that list, even if it's like I've got to buy a new heat light for the bathroom because that one blew or I've got to plan the whole October schedule for the podcast. You know, nothing's too big or too small to go on that list. And, you know, so from like a list of 10 to 15 items that ends up being like three or four or five things a day which is so much more manageable. And I don't have to remember all these things because they're written down. For me, literally, it's like the second that pen goes to the paper, boom, it's a mental discharge. It's no longer in my head. I don't have to you know, spend time or effort just remembering and thinking about it. The only other thing I wanna add, guys, is if you feel like you have tried these things in the past or you go off and you do try these things and you feel like they kind of work, but there's still something that's not quite right, then maybe you need to look at something more fundamental, which is weighing you down. And that could be something as simple as a lack of movement in your day, poor diet, or a lack of sleep. The last one for me, sleep is such a killer. So sometimes you've just got to take a step back and look holistically at your life and think, you know, I'm, I'm putting in all these efforts. Something's not working. It could just be something more on the macro level. I hope that wasn't too much of a tangent, but Those essentially were the spin-off thoughts I had from the whole concept of routine enabling creativity. 
I think it's such a beautiful way to look at routine because I think sometimes we can look at the concept of a routine and think of rigidity. It feels a bit structured and really creativity isn't something that comes to mind. But I truly and wholeheartedly feel into this concept that if you structure your time, you can utilize that time and be way more efficient because your brain capacity is not wasted, let's say, on planning your day, on remembering what you have to do. So all these little tips and tricks are really an attempt to just free up space in your mind so that when you sit down to do things, you're fully present and there and you can maximize your time and be super efficient. So that's it from me, guys. I hope you've taken something out of today's episode. If you did enjoy it, please send it to a loved one. Knowledge is only good when it is shared. And of course, if you have a chance to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, it means a lot to me. We're an independent podcast, so every review counts and helps us grow and reach new balances. So if you do want to do that, all you have to do is scroll to the bottom of um, Apple Podcasts. You just go to the bottom of all the episodes and then the function is there. Otherwise, connect with us on social media. The handle is at the balance theory. Thank you so much for joining me today and I will see you all next week. We have a jam-packed month. I'm also recording all of October at the moment and I'm just so excited. I want to tell you guys all the people we've got on, but I'm going to have to keep it hush-hush and surprise you all. So buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be an epic end of year. If you have any suggestions, topics or guests, anything that you really want to see on the show, please reach out to me. Otherwise, have an awesome week. Thank you for spending your time with me and stay balanced.